This episode of Pompey Talk is brought to you in association with Portsmouth.co.uk. To stay in the know about everything happening at Fratton Park, including the latest news, analysis and transfer updates, take out an online Pompey subscription with the Portsmouth News Today at portsmouth.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Pompey Talk, the podcast. There's plenty to talk about this week. The only issue is deciding what order it all should come. We start proceedings though by debating the players' current performances and trying to identify what has went wrong in recent games. We ask the question, is there a way out of it in terms of the present playoff race? Meanwhile, we debate whether the current players are good enough for the job at hand and whether they meet Danny Cowley's expectations. There's a passing reference to Charlie Daniels' display since his January arrival, while we finish off the podcast by trying to make sense of all the comings and goings in the Pompey Academy. So plenty for us all to get our teeth into. We hope you enjoy the listen. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Pompey Talk. It's been another dramatic week at Pompey. And to get into the thick of it, we have Neil Allen and Will Rooney joining us today. Welcome, lads. Hello. 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 It's been, it's been an absolute, one of those weeks that you always associate with Pompey. <laughs> These things are never too far away in the distance and today this is yet another one. Um, so where do we start? Let's start with results on the pitch and the current first team situation. Both of you were at Swindon on Tuesday night. Who wants to go first? Um, <laughs> can, can I can I go back in time, please? Well, can I, I wish we could. Can I hop in my DeLorean? <laughs> right, and go back in time, not very far, but to uh, February the twenty-first, when following a one-nil defeat, home defeat to Blackpool. My match report, the headline was, time for players to prove they've got what it takes for top two place. <laughs> right? So that was February the 21st. Yeah. Um, we're still waiting. Aren't we? We're still waiting. We prove it. Prove it. Prove it. I wrote it all the way through. Show us what you can do. Talk, talk, talk. That's actually show you're good enough. Show you're capable of getting in the top two. Well, now we're saying show you the goodness to get in the playoffs because at the moment they not even, might even not even make the playoffs. Yeah. Now you can blame Kenny Jacket, blame Joe Gallen, blame the Cowlers, blame Mark Catlin. I'm afraid when are the players going to get some blame? Players aren't blameless. And we're coming up to almost two months since I wrote that and they still haven't shown they're good enough to now make the top six. So, come on. I'm sick of reading how players do well at other clubs. What's going on? This club has ruined them. This club's not playing in the right position. They're not playing very well. They're tired or whatever. The players have not been good enough for a top six place at this stage. Why? Are they, are they good enough? Are they mentally strong enough? Have they the ability? We're not seeing it. We're, we're yeah. not seeing it. And, and we're now in a situation where four games ago on a very favourable run-in, let's not forget, Pompey could miss out on the playoffs. Yeah. Come on, players. Come on. Well, we'll, 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 
we've bypassed the Tuesday night result. <laughs> we're go, we're just going straight into the crux. Well, we're not because it's part of it. It's just like, it's, yeah, it's, it's a ridiculous result that was Tuesday night. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm happy to because I have to. Admit, I I'm I'm so disappointed with the players' performances, and it's only it's only since maybe this past couple of weeks that people are now starting to question the players. Prior to that, it was all jacket. Yeah. Now players are going to have to step up and, and take responsibility. Well, it's, it's something I picked up on on, an, on your post-match interview with Cowley on, on Saturday. And you, again, we're, we're, we've been told for ages this is a good squad, a great squad for this division. And you said that to Cowley, and, and he sort of I picked up on it. And it's, it's as if he... He is in his own mind questioning himself whether this squad of players is actually as good as what he was maybe led to believe. Yeah, I mean, and let's face it, before Danny Carley came in, he thought this was a great squad because we seen him eulogising the, the players um, when he was working as a pundit, when he was out of work. And no one understand when he was coming in, he was excited about the prospects of working with the attacking players and the squad they has on. But now you just get the impression that it's just... Well, Tuesday night he was just despondent um, when he came out and spoke to the press. He was just so low, and that's not like him. He's a he's a cheerful, upbeat person, and I'm not saying he's beaten, but you just you, you get the impression that this job is a lot harder than maybe he imagined it was going to be. Okay, the injuries haven't helped, especially attacking wise. But as Neil said, the, the players, a lot of them have been saying, you know, on paper we've got one of the best squads in the league. If you look at it. All these players have been recruited to finish in the top two. Um, let's not forget that. They've been recruited for promotion. They haven't been recruited to finish in the top ten and let's hope to finish in the playoffs. Let's hope we can creep in there like things are panning out. These players have been recruited, first and foremost, to yield a top two finish. And Pompey, for the past two and a half seasons, haven't looked like finishing in the top two. That goes back as far as January 2019 onwards. Last season, make of it what you will about coronavirus, curtailing the season. Pompey weren't going to finish in the top two. No chance. Coventry were home and dry. Peterborough were the ones who were going to, if anything. And this season, bar a spell of November time when, when Pompey were in a purple patch, they haven't looked like it either. I think a lot has been made about the contracts. Um, 11 out of out of contract and we've been worried all season uh, of these key members of, of the sides who could depart on free transfers. Maybe it's not a bad thing though. Maybe it's a blessing in disguise that some of these players are out of contract because look, there's still four games to go and Pompey might sneak in the playoffs but would anyone fancy Pompey in the playoffs at this moment if they, if they do creep in? It's going to be an uphill challenge, isn't it? With the injuries and with no momentum. Well, it's, it's going to be tough, tough for Pompey to be promoted now. And I, I think in the summer, there needs to be a, a major rip up. Um, and I think some of these players, even some of them out of contract, some of them being here two, three years, they haven't done it. They haven't done it. Been recruited to come in, they haven't done it. So it's time for a change in tack. Neil, well, Nelson, Pompey, at the end of the day, they're still in contention for the playoffs. And you know what? There could be a surprise along the way here. They may find discover some form and actually achieve that they're like. But this season in particular, there's been no fans in the ground. Fans in the past have made their their voices heard when it comes to certain things. What do you reckon the fans in Fratton Park would be making of this current 
team and how they're how they're performing. What we've seen and we've heard over the years where um, the fans can negatively impact on the players at Bratton Park uh, during promotion seasons. I always remember Mansfield where Pompey won four 0 were booed off the pitch and uh, and obviously it was toxic, wasn't it, after that famous crew game, sort of infamous crew game. So some players come to this football club, they can't handle the pressure of the crowd. You know, so this isn't an option. This is not happening now. So these players on this pitch, it's not like they're being intimidated by the crowd. It's not like they're being lifted by the crowd, which we've seen, and the crowd can lift Pompey players massively. But the players have got no excuse to be claiming they're intimidated or, or anything like that because there's no fans there. I don't get what I don't get what the the reasons are. I mean, fans lift players. We know that, especially at Fratton Park. But when they are struggling players like they are now, they can't say, "Oh, it's yes, it's intimidating." Uh, we need them to sing more songs about it. The, the, the players used to moan years ago about how they didn't like that song. Go, uh, how rubbish are you be? We're we're losing again, you know. Um, and it, but that's not the case now. There's just there's no excuses. There really is no excuses, and and I'm I'm fed up of hearing, and I'm going to go back to it again. I'm fed up of hearing how how John John Marcus was wonderful at Doncaster, Charlie Daniels was wonderful at Bournemouth. I don't care. We should be judging these players on how they perform for this football club, pure and simple. That's how we are. Forget what they did. I do I do not give a stuff what they did at other football clubs. They're here now at Pompey. John Marquis has played 99 games for this football club, right? We can judge them, right? Um, Lauren came to Pompey many years ago from Arsenal, West Ham or whatever. He was rubbish. You judge them on how they were here, not how they were at Arsenal. Yoshi, wonderful in Japan. Hey, great goalie, right? Comes here, rubbish. We judge them here. I don't care about the past. Mm-hmm. And there's players here who were not performing. And it's no reason oh he did well at, at Doncaster I don't it's not what it's irrelevant it's here let's judge them how they are here and John Marcus has got five goals in his last 27 games has he played well for Pompey over those 99 barely will he play well he may well do you know but let's judge them on here Charlie Daniels has been poor actually poor is quite a nice word really he's been shocking Shocking at Pompey, and it might be a lovely chap and great behind the scenes, and has had a wonderful career at Bournemouth and played for Bournemouth last year and played quite well for Shrewsbury for half a season, by all accounts. But he's been atrocious here. These players have to be judged on what they're doing now, and what they're doing now is poor, and they're not looking like he's getting in the playoffs. So please don't come back to me. He scored goals there. What's wrong with him here? Lee Mills was bought for a million, came here, not did it. Players do well at the clubs. Don't do well at other clubs. That's how it works. And there's players here who are not performing to their standards at previous football clubs. That's not a get-out clause. It's down to them. Well, I want to touch on Daniels in a bit. But before we do, like, what is the problem then? What is it? Is it tiredness? Is it the players just incapable of following a way of playing? They're so used to Kenny Jacket. Is it confidence? Is the attack and play not good enough? Are they taking too many touches? Is the brain not kicking in the gear when quickly enough to execute what's required? What, like, what, what do you sense is going on here? What is? What's the problem? I think it's a mixture of everything, to be honest with you. Obviously, we've got the start of the injuries, and that's been tough 
um, without making excuses to rotate the side, um, and you got suspension of what more on top for that. But for me, I just think a lack of confidence, perhaps, in some players. You know, Marcus Harness. We thought, wow, here we go again. Now here's Carly coming. He's going like to touch paper again to his pompey career. He's dipped again. Williams, for all this energy and, and pressing he shows, there's not a lot of end product. Curtis, okay, he's probably the best of them on on Tuesday night. But he hasn't been consistent enough. Um, hasn't done it against the big teams either. Doesn't turn up against the big side. And then Marquez as well. I mean, for a player that's coming for a million pounds and is one of the top earners, you know, your total outlay at this point is probably north of a million and a half of wages. He just hasn't been good enough leading the line. Um, Naval had dipped off. That might be fatigue. Cannon's out. Defence. Johnson, since he's come back from injury, hasn't been himself. McGilvery, I watched the, the third goal back, actually, McGilvery, and his angle, he, he left a gaping hole wide of his, of his, of his right. So, look, if, if, if I could go to Cannes, if I knew the solution, I'd go to Danny Carley <laughs> now and say, look, this is what's wrong. I don't think Danny Carley knows the problem. I think just... Is the staleness? Is the is it is it is it just players going through the motions now? Is it as you say after the initial bounce are they good enough? Is it, are they struggling to? Imp- you know, I'm going to interrupt you here just when you say are they good enough? Are these are, listen? Is the realization finally here that this these players aren't good enough? They've had th- a lot of them have had three years to get out of yeah. this, and they've they've failed unfortunately. Is it simply? Is it just simply they're not good enough? They're not good enough for the top two, are they? They're not good enough for the top two, um, and we're, we're going to judge them this season if they're good enough for the playoffs. I mean, they can still get in the playoffs, so yeah. but they're not good enough for the top two. They're not good enough for automatic promotion. But that's a fact. It's not opinion. It's a fact. So are they good for the play? Good enough for the playoffs? That still might be the case. We might scrape in there, but we don't know about the playoffs at the moment. They are not good enough for automatic promotion. No one can dispute that. There was one stage, and I'm going back now to a bit like Neil and going back in time, but during the Sunderland game that was on Sky a couple of weeks ago, um, before Sunderland's, I think it was their second goal, they passed it around like they were a Rolls Royce of a team at Fratton Park. And I was watching it at the time going, I haven't seen Pompey play like this all season. I haven't seen this for ages from a Pompey team. Dominating possession, being comfortable in the possession, and making the team just run round while they just pass the ball willy-nilly. Um, and I have to admit, I keep on going back to it in my head that night. I have never seen Pompey like that, which to me was an indication that these players weren't good enough, as you, as Nee says, for a top three finish, let alone playoffs. Yeah, but uh, MK Dons did that when they came to Fratton Park, didn't they? They, they played superbly, passing the ball around, and, and they actually ended up losing. Uh, Lincoln did it really well when they came to Fratton oh, Park as well, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, but look, we've look seen, where LinkedIn are. Yeah, so, we've seen some, we've seen some good teams over there. Um, well, different teams have different styles, isn't it, at the moment? But uh, and Pompey played that superb first half against Shrewsbury. But it, it's after those four, first four wins, it's it's like they've gone back to you've had the new manager bounce and they've reverted to type. And yeah. I'm not buying all this nonsense about oh they're out of contract. It's affecting them. Excuse me. This is League One and League Two. Nearly every yeah. football club in this division uh, uh, has 10 at least players out of contract. Look at Sunderland. They've got 17 players out of contract. Most of them are first-teamers. Don't give them the excuses that 
their, their minds elsewhere. They're worried about their future. It, it doesn't happen in the Premier League. League One, League Two, they, they recycle players very quickly. Uh, at this stage of the season, there's always players out of contract. And yeah. we've, we discussed this earlier. The year when Pompey won the title, Ender Stevens out of contract. Michael Doyle out of contract. Linganzi out of contract. Gareth Evans out of contract. Kyle Bennett out of contract. Pompey still managed to win the league. So please don't get... There's too many, I, I really feel strongly about this. There's too many people giving players an excuse, refusing to blame the players. And it's, this is down to the players. They've changed the manager, great little boost there, and the players reverted to type. Yeah. But I, I think there has been a bit of a game changer in terms of people's opinions about the players. Like you say, they've been giving them excuses. This past couple of weeks, people are now saying, you know what, give Cowley the job on a permanent basis. Let him bring in the players he wants. It's the mm. players to blame. There has been, there's, there's been a seismic change in people's opinions in that respect. Well, like, mm. the, Danny Cowley is getting a lot of sympathy. You just have to look at his videos he does with us after each game. Mm. You always see him, the life is draining out of him. He's trying to stay positive, but at the same time too, he must be turning his hair out behind the scenes. A plus though as well, I mean, every defeat is... You know, it, 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 he's gone for his uh, contract as well. Like every defeat, hampers his chances of staying, doesn't it? Like, because he knows that he, he he'll know he needs a rip up. But every defeat where the players let him down, you know, it it, it hampers his chances of, of it being here long term. Because look, he's come in. He know he knew he was taking a risk when he came in. He knew that for a fact. Twelve games to go, but he decides to take the risk, and he probably thought, look, look at the players, and now he's thinking. Christ, if I knew the players were like this, then I wouldn't have come and taken this. I would have just stayed to the end of the season and, and wait to see what happens. Because, as we say, you know, he's 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 been he's articulated quite well about some players' attitudes, not being happy with things like that, and wanting positivity. You can tell that he wants his own group of players to come in, have a good pre-season with them. Um, it was like when I, when I when I asked him about Jack Payne before. The uh, Swindon game he was talking about all those players he had at Swindon at Lincoln that summer going into the League One season and he only had them probably two, two, three months because he was off to Huddersfield quite soon after that. But he was saying that was a fantastic group and you can tell he wants that sort of rapport connection among Pompey players. But he need, you know if he, if Pompey finish outside of the playoffs he can have no complaints if he doesn't get a deal. Neil, let's talk Charlie Daniels. <laughs> um, the floor is yours. What do you want to say? <laughs> I've said it before. It's just it's it's been really really disappointing. Um, I was in touch with somebody from Shrewsbury yesterday, and by all accounts, he did very well <clears throat> well for them. Um, dead ball delivery was good. This dead ball delivery, in fairness, at Pompey has not been bad, really, is it? Yeah. But um, but it's just defensively. It's, it's been really, really disappointing. And I've got, I've got no, it's no issue for me that people are excited about him arriving in January because you look at his background, fair enough. You know, I was excited when John Marquis arrived. I thought it was a tremendous statement. Yeah. Um, so, so we're all expecting big things from these players, aren't we? That's not an issue. But Daniels has been massively, massively, massively disappointing, hasn't he? Um, terrible. Uh, can't wait for Lee Brown to come back and um, what are the reasons 
I, I, I don't know. I didn't see enough of a Bournemouth see what the what he was. Presumably, it's age. It, it's funny because before the the Swindon game, I was speaking to one of their their local journalists about about Pittman, and he said, "Oh yeah, he's he's not doing great. His legs have gone." And and then you watch that game, and um, he, he's not the player of old. Don't get me wrong, not the player of old, but he can still finish. He can still produce that wonderful control for the for the uh, the win the penalty when he took it from the sky and controlled it, didn't he? And yeah. it was a good penalty as well. Um, he can still do that, Pittman, despite the lack of mobility. Uh, and Daniels can still ping a ball if he wanted to. He can still do a dead ball, but the mobility and he, he's being found out, isn't he, big time? And he, he's a big disappointment. And uh, age happens to everyone, doesn't it? Um, and um, well, it, 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 Lee Brown has turned his career around at Pompey this season. He's highly more highly regarded. And even more so since Charlie Daniels arrived at this football club. Yeah. yeah. Well, a conversation me and you had it maybe a couple of times. We we both agreed that when Lee Brown was getting a lot of flack, we were both in agreement that Pompey aren't losing because Lee Brown's in the team. Mm. But you can't necessarily say that about Charlie Daniels. Pompey could <laughs> well you just have to look at Tuesday night. Pompey are losing because Daniels is in the team. Yeah, I mean it's two games and three mistakes, isn't it? Like one of them Kaidons where he just stuck a lazy leg out yeah. and poor touch for the first goal and um and the again I thought that McGilfrey was forcing um was it Smith he brought down I thought he was forcing yeah. him right to be honest with you and he just comes into the bathroom and, and clatters him. It's interesting like I, I think I think I said to, to Jordan like I mean it's like it's like a boxer in it you know you your you speed goes and your chin goes the last thing to go is you is your punch and it's like Pittman his legs have gone but you can get away with it, but he's still got his, his killer instincts. And you can get away with that as a striker um, if you get chances. You can't get away with that as a left-back when, yeah. you, when you're on the back foot. And yeah, yeah. I think you're right. He, he, he declined quite quite quickly, Charlie Daniels. And, you know, Lee Brown, for me, um, would be up there for play of the season if he just stayed fit all season. But he's had his hamstring problem, so it probably... Reels them out of it. But yeah, I mean, he's always there to stand up and be counselled to Lee Brown. Um, superb defensively at the back post. Um, just the way he sees balls out of play and gets his body there. Probably one of his best attributes. And then going forwards as well, he's he's always there to to give, to give offer a, an outlet. He's always gets around the man and offers offers himself. Um, and his crossing's not bad either. Yeah, I think he's won the majority of his critics over. Perhaps next season he'll be 31. Maybe he might not be first choice, but I think if he's not, he's the type of person who, you know, if a better left back comes in, a younger, more marauding left back who who really impresses, he's the first one to say, right, you know, well, maybe I'll have my time here and and I'll I'll um, sit and be a leader in the dressing room, which he is. Um, but yeah. for the meantime, Pompey needs him back for the last four games because he is absolutely crucial on and off the pitch um, playing-wise, leadership-wise they need him back big time Yeah. Can I just say though that, that this criticism of, of, of Charlie Daniels, it's not knee-jerk it's not on the back of two games you know, we, we've seen matches where he's been taken off at half-time, haven't we? Mm. Several yeah. times well, he, He's been poor as well Yeah, he's been really poor throughout. What was the game when he came on at, uh, for Brown? Um, Bristol Road, was wasn't it? No, Burst when he came oh, on for cool. Brown and he was 
and he was terrible, wasn't he? He kept mm. kicking the ball out. Oh, he was terrible in the first half and got better in the second half. Um, so this is since he's been here. We're not picking on him just because of one game, two games, and we're not we're not knee jerking on on John Marquez because he's played poorly in this little spell. He's been here for 99 games. You know, these are sort of assessments and criticism over a period of time, isn't it? We're not knee-jerk. And uh, especially in Daniel's case, he's really, really struggled. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's surprising because we all thought, good signing, didn't we? Oh, yeah, definitely. We all, we, we all thought, great signing. Uh, let's make this straight again. And I'm sort of, I keep saying this on Twitter to people. Brandon Holmstrom wanted to leave. He was 23 years old. He needed regular football. He wanted to leave. Good luck. You can see why. He turned down the opportunity to stay at Pompey. Lee Brown is a better player at this moment in time than Brandon Hornstrup. So that was a correct decision. Let's not rewrite history. I think Hornstrup was a wonderful player, best left back at the football club. <clears throat> he wasn't. So, so Hornstrup left. Brown has come in. Brown's been a far better player this year, hasn't he? A, a really good player. When Pring went, Pompey needed a reserve left back. They had to. There was no one else in the squad. And they had to get a left back in and they chose Charlie Daniels. And no one criticised that at the time. No. Unfortunately, he's been a poor signing, it's been proven, yeah. isn't it? But they needed another left back at the time. And with squad numbers restricted, 22 players, no one thought Pompey should bring in another two strikers at the time. They had to prioritise and one of those is another left back to replace Pring. Yeah. It's funny, Pring hasn't played for Bristol City since he's been, he's been injured he's been injured isn't he he's been injured yeah mm. um, Steve Seddon hasn't played for Birmingham um, since he's been recalled from Wimbledon so yeah two players that probably might have been better for Pompey but again inside's wonderful yeah. um, mm. I'll quickly go on to the academy but before I do just one word answers are very briefly is the playoffs yeah mathematically it's still possible but what's your gut feeling well um, I think that they will miss out. I'm being brutally honest. I think yeah. Charm have got too much momentum behind them now. Yeah, they. I think they can, can still do it. They, they they can still do it. But as I was saying two months ago, it's down to the players. Show us. If you yeah. don't do it, you're not going to for promotion. Okay then. Well, say so I do want to talk about the economy, and I'm conscious of yeah. time. It's been, as I said at the very start, another dramatic week, this time on the academy front. Um, well, you were at the centre of this here on Friday when it started to emerge. Do you want to quickly go through what's happened and, and your assessment? Yeah, I mean, it all come out from, um, obviously, Halle Kavanagh announcing his, his departure. Um, then started to speak to a few people and found out it was a lot more than Halle Kavanagh had been told. Um, Transpires that the three Irish lads have been told last month, along with Taylor Seymour, that he was leaving, Harvey Rue and Charlie Bellway, and Alfie Stanley. The waters are still murky um, with him. Um, understand that he was told, and then he and then he was told, "No, we're going to offer you a new deal." And now apparently, that's with a view that Pompey can get him alone to National League South level. Um, then on the back of it all, Mark Kelly's obviously resigned because he's recommended a lot of these players deserve to be kept in the absence. Um, and that's that's been the reason behind Mark Kelly's resignation. I think, look, 
the the academy Pompey release academy players every year. It's no different. But it's I think this year it's there's more names you recognise, like and more players who are highly regarded. Um look, story Teggett Anderson, they were all brought over from Ireland, all recruiters, they paid a fee for Teggett. Um Kavanagh believes that Kenny Jeffett wants to keep him. Mark Kelly wants to keep him. Um, Danny Carley had no influence or very little influence. So people want to know who the decision, who's been making the decisions. Alfie Stanley around the first team. And, you know, he's struggling to MK Dons and he's getting told he's getting released and then not getting released. For, for, for the young lads, who's already got pressure on him, by the way, because I feel sorry for him, for Alfie Stanley, because we're asking questions. Why aren't you playing Stanley? You've got no strikers and, you know, He's probably feeling a little bit of pressure himself. He's a young lad at the end of the day. Charlie Bell, very, very, very highly regarded by um, the academy staff, by Dave Wright, who obviously left Brighton, Neil Sillis as well, who was at the club, and a lot of other clubs as well are, are, are astonished that Pompey have released those two. And you're left with Harrison Brook and Shock Lee, who Brook's not a bad player. Um, Plenty of raw attributes. I think they picked him up quite late. So um, he's obviously quite raw. And Sok Jai Lee is, is quite a talented player as well. But he's plays come off the bench a lot from the academy. So it's, it's usually you know which players are going to be kept on. And that's why it's a surprise this year. Because look, we'll go on to it. On to it. Things probably do need to change with the academy. And obviously Greg Miller coming in will change that. But I just think the timing of it, especially for Stanley, is so poor. Like, if Stanley's around the first team, you should, you should have just said, right, you're around the first team. We're treating you like a first team player. We're not going to tell you, like the first teamers, if you're getting a new contract or not until the season is over because you are on the bench. And it's fair enough. You, 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 can, you can't really have an argument to that. Bit, bit annoying because you can't maybe get irons in the fire. But what can you do? You're around the first team. That's, that's the nature of being a professional footballer. So, yeah, as I say, I think, Changes are coming. Um, Neil's been speaking to Mark Catlin, so it'll be interesting to see what happens over the summer now. Yeah. On a week when there's been a lot of criticism of clubs and, and PR disasters, is this a bit of a PR disaster for Pompey that this has all come out at a time when we should all be focusing on the playoff push, but half the time we've been distracted by just developments at the youth team? Well, Mark Catlin... He said actually this year they've left it a bit later to tell players about their futures from the, from the academy. They normally like doing it a little bit earlier to give players more opportunity to fix themselves up with clubs before the season ends. Um, so I, I, in the past, they would tell players last game of the season, sort of things like that. So, you know, much in the past. So again, they, they try to cushion the blow for more for players and say, look, Give yourself time. Have have trials at other football clubs. You know, it's yeah. arrange something rather than be among the, the glut of free free players in, in the summer. So that's the reason for the timing. Um, and I think okay, that, that that's fair enough. The thing is, whenever Pompey released youngsters, uh, there there is uproar. Despite many people never seeing these youngsters play ever in their lives, um, we don't know how good they are. We we see glimpses, don't we, of academy games or FA Youth Cup games. Um, and obviously Pompey were eliminated from the FA Youth Cup this year by Bromley. Now, I, 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 it's, it's very rare Pompey get eliminated by a non-league club in the FA Youth Cup. 
So is this a good crop or not? I, I think Will came with a very good point, actually. Normally, you've got a good idea, a good gauge of who from the academy will get a contract. And this year, I think we all thought that Bell and Rue were, were certain. Uh, and no one would have picked the two that did get contracts to have them. So that's one of the definite surprises for me. You can normally, the captain of the youth team gets a contract or whatever. Uh, and, and let's not forget, Bell and Rue played for the first team this year in the Ticket Trade Trophy. Sorry, the Papa John's Trophy. Uh, and they've done well. Without doubt, they've done well. So, uh, again, you thought those two certain. So, that was a real, real surprise. But again, we don't see them in training. Some of these have trained with the first team, with, with the Cowlers. They know what they've, they've, they've seen them play. We don't, we've not seen that many youth games this season between us because of restrictions where even parents can't watch some of the games at stages. So, we don't know. People at the club have seen them in training. They've seen them in first team training. They see them in youth games. They've got the games videoed, recorded, so they can watch them back. They have this at their fingertips. Have come to this conclusion. Um, it's down to the players to prove them wrong. But let's face it again. How many times have Pompey really got it wrong, releasing a player from the academy? I'm really struggling to think of a single one. Yeah. Not saying it won't happen. And I'm really shocked about Ruin Bell, who look really talented players. But no one has proved them wrong in the past. No one. I, I, I like, is there anyone? And don't yeah. say Tam, Dan Butler or Matt Ritchie, because Matt Ritchie was sold. Um, uh, Marlon Pack got the first team, was released and went to the Football League Club. Um, Dan Butler was released after 50-odd games and went down to non-league. Is there, is there a genuinely uh, a player released from the academy who's gone yeah. on? The only one I can think of is Mick Mills back in the 1960s. That's because they scrapped the academy. You were 14 at that stage, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. It's rare. It's rare. Yeah. Well, uh, who's making the decisions then? Well, the management situation is up in the air and we have got a whole load of, well, Mark Kelly is resigning. Who's making the decision? Well, that's the million dollar question. I did ask this Danny Carley um, on Monday to press conference and he was about to answer me before uh, press officer Neil Wells stepped in <laughs> not an official being announced. So he, Danny Carley says I'll have to play this, play this one with a straight bat. And um, when it's all announced, I'll announce. I'll um, give you in full detail. But yeah, as you say, like I know Neil spoke to Mark Catlin about it and did a story. But I'm, I'm still sort of on the wise. Who has looks like there's a technical board. Don't know who's on that technical board. It come from there. Um, been a lot of talk about Roberto Gagliardi's growing influence. Has it come from him? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just completely up in the air where it all come from. I think that's part of why. This has become a bigger story about academy releases than it normally is because we know it's normally Mark Kelly who has the influence. Kenny Jacker was out last season. Um, Liam Dage, Mikey Harris in the past as well. But this year, that's why I think it's it's more more of a story rather than just releasing kids. In fairness to the club, the whole process of John Slater. And Tanya Robbins, John Slater is acting interim caretaker, um, academy boss. And Tanya Robbins has been working on the administrative side. Them informing the players of their release is a standard procedure. It's handled with people from the academy. I've seen criticism from the club that, that, it, that it should be done by the chief executive chairman, manager. No, that's nonsense. It's handled by people with the academy. So the club in that respect have performed correctly. 
it's just standard procedure. Uh, and I would also say, to the, in fairness to the club as well, Greg Miller coming in on Monday, why, why would he be expected to make these decisions? He doesn't know the players. He's never seen him play. He's never seen him train. You can hardly ask him to come in and say, oh, by the way, what are you going to do about these players here? We haven't made up their minds yet. Um, so it's, it's difficult in that respect. He's got no background knowledge of these people, what, these, these kids whatsoever. Um, so the, the people making the judgment, you would hope, have uh, knowledge of these lads growing up, knowledge of them training, knowledge of them playing, training with the first team, playing games. You would think they would have that knowledge to come up with a credible decision on whether these kids stay or not. Um, that's what you, you would hope anyway. So um, I, I don't see Greg, Greg Miller, who's come in, um, I don't see him as being a, a viable person to decide on these kids' kids' future. Yeah. Well, sorry, I am very conscious of time, so we are going to have to wrap up. But just one final question to you. How many actual players is there in the academy as we speak then? First-year scholars or third-year scholars? Is it just the two? <laughs> That's a question. How many players in total do you mean? Yeah, I've probably got it. I can't be sat up at the minute with, with players actually there. You've probably got, I mean, obviously you've got the first year scholars now and then um, and then schoolboys coming through for next season. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting now, but you do wonder whether Pompey are going to go out and maybe get some lads in that have been released from, from other academies, um, Cat One Academies. I know they did it, did it last summer when they went and got. Um, Centre back Izzy Cabernet, who's been released from Southampton. Um, but it'd be interesting, maybe Pompey are going to go into that more heavily um, this summer. But I, I think there's probably about six, eight players first year. You know, usually have about six or eight taken on each year, depending on balance of squads, where you need players, etc. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting where that goes. But obviously, now you're probably down to, including Brooke and, and Lee, you're probably down to maybe 10. So probably looking for, Yeah, so you're probably looking for another six to come through, aren't you, after that, at least, um, for a squad. So, yeah, interesting, interesting times. We see how, uh, how Greg Miller adapts and, and stamps his authority on things. Well, let's not forget as well, uh, Ben Johnny Jr. was released, wasn't he, um, a, a month or so ago? From the the under sixteen stepping up into the, the scholarship, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, so uh, and again, you have to respect people's uh, um, ability to judge whether he's going to make it or not as a player, don't you? You can't yeah. get romanticised over his name or or whatever. They have to judge at that, and uh, and he was one of a number of players released. So those decisions are made every year at the academy at every level. Okay. Well, lads, thank you again for your time. We've actually overran slightly here. Um, I know we've got another busy day ahead of us. Appreciate your efforts as always. Um, appreciate everybody for watching and listening. We'll be back again next week. We'll see you then. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the Portsmouth News website for everything you need to know about Pompey.